You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center, this is Phoenix FM. This is 92.5 Phoenix FM, community radio for Dublin 15. Hey everybody, it's JB Jeremy Borash and you are listening to Daryl O'Connor on the... Welcome to the Wrestling Rewind. The only wrestling podcast by fans who don't hate wrestling. Hey folks, we're back here on the WrestlingRewind.com, the True Penny Channel, and Nerdstone Media. Decided to do an extra show this week because we haven't done one in two weeks. I have nothing to do tomorrow, and I'm here with Martin. We're having a great time. Uh, talking about everything other than what we're supposed to do because uh, boy in your house number six is a pile of shite uh, but we... go fuck yourself <laughs> go fuck yourself was what Christian said to Edge I've been holding it in we've been doing a live radio show for the past hour so we can't swear go fuck yourself was what Christian said to Edge they were the three greatest words in wrestling history. They made him the top heel in the business. Go fuck yourself. Sorry, folks. I just needed to get that out. And Go fuck yourselves. And, and, and I really was <laughs> trying to cue up Martin to say that in a much nicer way. <laughs> to be like, the reason why we're doing this on the podcast only is so Martin can swear. But, <laughs> but you beat me to it. So fair play. Um, Do you know what yeah. it was? The, the, I remember we were in a pub in Cork once. And I don't know how we managed it, but we horse a load of pints in us and then we were like right let's head back to the hotel and whatever route we had took back the hotel took us through must have been the only streets in cork that don't have another pub on them mm. absolutely bursting for a ways right yeah. but i held it i held it and we eventually got to the hotel and we got in it's getting it's building and we get in the hotel and we got up the elevator and in the door and held it all that way but the last three steps to the toilet i couldn't make it and uh. i ended up just pissing myself literally literally as i opened the the toilet door uh. and that's what it's like here i sat the whole way through our radio broadcast i didn't say it and i knew you were teeing me up for like a really nice poetic i was i, yeah, but really I was. couldn't wait go fuck it i genuinely was <laughs> i couldn't wait Martin's like, no, no, wait long I made, it, I made it the whole way through, and once again, I blew it on the last, the last three steps. <laughs> well, look, I have to say, you know, it, it was a really cool moment um, to see. Uh, the only thing about it is, it's like, it, it's funny because when you're like, oh, he's the greatest heel, and a lot of people are saying it as well, not just you. I'm just like, he always has been. I like, oh yeah, Christian Cage became like. When he came back in 2006, you know, to, to WWE, and he was, like, super over, and I would be the only one on the planet who would buy a Christian T-shirt. Um, You know, people were like, why? I'm like, oh, yeah. He didn't watch 
and, and I'm Impact, even you know? when I say oh yeah I'm not saying oh yeah like I agree like we're both right I'm saying oh yeah you were right I was oh, the same yeah. I, di- I didn't follow Christian WB certainly didn't follow him with TNA and no, whenever I... he was whenever he was announcing AEW I was like eh that's pretty cool I suppose blah 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 but man this last year he has been just a revelation just i love the bluntness of it they're like hey christian we want you to be a heel so we're thinking like uh what kind of gimmick would you go for you know like take the piss out of the fans like talk about the sports team dead fathers <laughs> no Give but me all the wrestlers you have with dead fathers and i will take the piss out of their dead fathers <laughs> no but no but the thing about it is it's like he's, it, but like he's never been given you know the free reign outside of somewhere like impact like his range is incredible he just never got to use it because wd we were like well one vince didn't like him and would put like a bit of blue but blue dot around what his face was that about? i don't know I don't because think he's I, not like i don't know what anyone like overtly ugly or no but i mean when you're when when that's your starting off point i don't think you're going to be able to grow from that but that's that's just what it was this is the man who ran on pay-per-views henry o'godwin but (laughs) christian needs a blue dot over his face (laughs) again man i i there's been better people than me trying to understand vince mcmahon and i don't think anyone's going to be able to do that because it's so insane so look and i don't know if it'll ever happen because he's so maybe maybe he has today because he's so, he's so litigious, even if you did a film with Mince Vic Man, like, he'd still sue you. But the film of his life is going to be in- incredible. But nobody will believe it. That's the thing, because it's so, going to be so crazy. And the, the worst part is, uh, because the general public, like, the main thing that the general public know about wrestling is, oh, it's fake. And then you try to go, I oh, know it's it's predetermined and blah blah blah, but the main thing the general public knows is that it's fake, that you could do an honest to God, true to life, not one word of a lay film of Vince McMahon's life, and people would still go, Nah, that's that's bullshit. That. But no, no, to be fair though, to be fair though, as someone you know, who does a podcast, knows about blah blah blah, been arrested for my whole life. When that film does come out, there's still going to be part of me where I'm like, nah, it's bullshit. Yeah, because it's going to be so <laughs> crazy. I mean, when you hear about certain things, you're like, no, there's no way that actually happened. And then it's like, no, it did. You're like, whoa, okay. Like, Dark, Dark Side of the Ring, for example, right? You're watching that sometimes. You're like, no, there's no way. There's no, there's no way that's real. And then it is. And you're like, man, what the fuck? You know? So. Yeah. Like all the, like at one stage, all the territory promoters got together and literally had a meeting about hiring a hitman to kill Vince McMahon. <laughs> like that's a real thing that happened about <laughs> about wrestling. Like I don't I don't think people who I don't think people who aren't into wrestling could comprehend that, you know, fake fighting or whatever could be taken so incredibly seriously. But see, like, right. And that's before we get into all the rapes. 
Alleged. <laughs> Sorry, alleged. <laughs> but the thing about it is, right, when I think it's because there is no catharsis, right? Like, at least in sport, it's simulated combat. You know, the whole point of it is that it's supposed to simulate, you know, tribalism and blah, 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 right? Yeah. You don't, you get that with wrestling as a byproduct, but you don't get it as the product. You know what I mean? Like, you don't watch wrestling to be your tribe versus their tribe. It's like, oh, I like this character. It's a soap opera. It's, it's a show yeah. with some really good kind of sport elements to it. Where the tribalism comes out is in the backstage side of it, which is why AEW fans hate WWE fans, TNA fans, where like off to the side, nobody, yeah, that kind of thing. And that's where that kind of comes out. So, no, it doesn't shock me that that would happen in wrestling. But when you think about it, you're like, what? That's crazy. And, you know, it's not until you're actually in the echo chamber of being a wrestling fan on the internet that you actually see it. I mean, you know, we, we make it, we make a lot of jokes about, about not going on Twitter, man. People say some crazy shit on Twitter. Genuinely unhinged, no, unhinged nonsense. No matter what, like we said it earlier about wrestling, but like if you're listening to this show, we assume you're a wrestling fan. But no matter what your interest is, like it doesn't matter what fandom you're involved in or what thing you happen to like. Don't go on Twitter because it will make you like it less. Like okay, I was like Ireland just played tonight, right? Did you watch the match? Uh, no, what did we play in? Oh, it was terrible. It was football. So, you know, it was um, soccer for Americans. The Irish so, football team. Soccer for me. I I think, it, I think it depends if you're from a big GAA area. Or fair. Like where I'm from, That's fair. it would be soccer, but that wouldn't be like, no one would be like saying that to like make a point. They'd just be saying just because if you say football, they'd automatically assume you mean Cross McGlen Rangers. No, that's totally fair. That's totally fair. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't do the football thing. I, I'm not, oh, you know, couldn't care less. It's, it, I couldn't care less. But it was on. I like my sports fake. I like my sports fake exactly. Um, but it was on. I was like, okay, I want to watch this, and um, it was terrible. I mean, it was against Greece, and it was like two, two nil, and it was the worst performance. Did we win? Of, no, we didn't. We got absolutely destroyed. We lost destroyed. The, the Greeks. 2-0. <laughs> it was terrible. Um, oh, was, my God. Yeah, it was really bad. It's their, it's their fifth loss in a row, and it just keeps getting worse for them, right? But after their last loss, I went on Twitter, and I noticed, you know, Irish discussion you know, on the Irish team. They are the single worst community I've ever met on Twitter. Couldn't believe it. I was like, whoa. And I thought wrestling fans are bad on it. It's 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 bizarre, you know? Um so look, no matter what it is, you're gonna for some e- reason everyone. everyone on like every everyone's favorite niche, you're gonna find just the dregs on that. And I don't know what it is. I think it's just because it's a it's a short way to communicate, it's direct, it's you know, stuff can get lost in translation. But it is just like it's it's everything. a mixture of the the short way to communicate for me, <clears throat> I think you're right there. That's the big one. Because I think, it, I think that's what it is. Has character limit leaves absolutely no room for nuance or explanation or subtlety or anything like that. I think it's also the anonymous nature of it allows people to give in to their sort of worst um, 
the worst inclinations that they would mm. normally keep under control in in public. But I think also what happens is that there's a kind of a circular effect where maybe people go into it like genuinely meaning to have like proper, you know, discussions about something that like a shared interest that they enjoy. And then some arsehole says something and then they, because the word limit is so short, they respond back snappily. And then that just becomes the the sort of um, conversation on it. It just becomes that kind of short, sharp, hi, here's the thing I think. Well, I don't really have a rebuttal, but you are a cunt, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Like, I think that's probably what it is, you know, and it's... um, I. What I liked about Twitter was the fact you could just like live t- tweet stuff or whatever, but and and it, the the short nature of it allows you to do that. But particularly when it's something as nuanced as you know a fandom or tribalism, or that's why you don't do politics as well on that. Holy hell, never do that. It's a terrible idea, or any kind of social. Never do that either, like because all that nuance is gone. Uh, and, yeah, and, and you I, and you can't actually really get a point across. I, in such a limited time. Now, I know it's a little bit more, but, you know, it's only for the fact that, like, I genuinely thought wrestling Twitter was the only thing affected by this. And it's, when I saw it with sport as well, like actual sport, I was like, wow, okay. So, <laughs> Do you know when it really hit me that this isn't just, because I was the same, I thought it was just wrestling. When it really hit me, this is all of Twitter, was when I saw the, and I only accidentally clicked into them because of an article. I saw the most vicious arguments about The Walking Dead. And I was like, how in the name of God is The Walking Dead community, the four fans they must have left, <laughs> how do they all hate each other? Yeah, it's crazy. It's like, how, And they're sitting around, like, the, literally. like. So I, I, I read this article and it led me down this, uh, this Twitter rabbit hole. Walking Dead fans argue amongst themselves about ratings, about like, oh, The Walking Dead gets this, but actually Fear the Walking Dead did better ratings. Yeah, we're Team Fear the Walking Dead. It did better ratings than... What? They're, they're, it's Twitter. It just makes people mental. Yeah, no, it, the advice is don't go on Twitter. Reddit is is pretty good sometimes. It's, it's mad because... Reddit's even more anonymous, but it seems to have some sort of self-regulation. Maybe it's the downvoting or whatever, where if you're no, but no, but no, no, but also you can actually expand upon points on Reddit. Yes, that's the thing. You you can actually like make points. Right, I I think it's a combination of just the fact that it's so direct. There's very little filter on it, and it's limited. Yeah. So it's just these like spur of the moment thoughts that aren't that can't be expanded upon really. Um, and they're trying to use it in such a way that you're trying to have like a conversation. And you, you can't. It's like I don't know. It, and it's people, just not a good way to do it. People say fr- people say people say stuff in frustration, right? But if it's Reddit where they have the space to expand, they go in there, whatever the issue is, and then once they get to the end of it, they go, "Do you know actually that comment at the start?" 
is kind of undermining the really good points I've made here. So I'm going to delete that comment at the start. Whereas Twitter doesn't give you the space to go into like the really good expansion. It just gives you the space to to have the really frustrated moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, no matter like there are certain communities on Reddit. There's one specifically that's just, oh, God, I just can't. Um, But that's that's very few far between They're like the wrestling kind of stuff is, is always really good. You know, even if it's a really ridiculous take, they'll still like expand upon it. You're like, okay, that that's interesting at least to read. There's no like frustration really as a default. The frustration, yeah, I mean, you get bad communities, good and bad communities everywhere, you know. But yeah, it, it's it's that. I think you're right. It is like a self-regulating thing, you know, where you can be like, oh, actually, that's a really good idea or whatever. There's at least some nuggets that you can actually find even in the worst part of it. In Twitter, it's all bad. <laughs> It's all like it's consistently. A it's a hellscape. So I mean, I, I you know, that's but why we, speaking, that, that, that's why we, when we say we're, we you know don't go on Twitter, it's not worth it. I mean, we a hundred percent mean, mean it. it. Um, but speaking of Twitter meltdowns, Dara, yes. to take us back to, to well, the this purpose, is it. This the purpose is it. of our so, podcast, not well, just well, shitting we, on Elon Musk. What's well, hold on. Look, I'm not. I'm not shitting on Elon Musk. I mean, <laughs> I am. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I, I, Twitter as a whole, like, I'm just like, it's a, it's not a good, not a good platform. Jack Dorsey's the guy you have to, to be upset for that. Like, he came up with it. But, uh, for, I mean, to take, to take us back to the sort of focus of the podcast. Yes. And talking about Twitter meltdowns. Yes. What did you think of the return of the Tuesday Night Wars? Well, this is what we were setting up to, you know, but we had to give context. You know, that's what this whole podcast is about, giving context to crazy events that happen in wrestling. And you know what? I was in Paris. I had just, I'd been up since four in the morning and I just landed. Um, I did a whole day in Disney. It was great. Went to bed, woke up the next day and I was like, what the hell happened? (laughs) <laughs> what happened because you know when you haven't really stepped for a while and then you had a, like you've had a full day and you're still kind of adjusting to the time difference all that kind of stuff and you wake I, I, up in an unfamiliar yeah route. yeah yeah exactly yeah and you're just like what 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 and you're still trying to get your bearings so i was sitting there in a starbucks on the way into disney and i'm like what? Yeah, uh dara be culturally appropriate it's less starbucks less starbucks less starbucks uh how, how rude of me um and yeah <laughs> It's like when Chris Jericho <laughs> trying to speak Spanish to Sammy Guevara. And he's like, yeah. I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> but, yeah, I was sitting there. I was kind of like just going through my phone. And I was like, what? And I thought it was a joke, you know, because, I mean, it's so crazy. Like, everything. That, like, Okay, so the build-up was the Undertaker is going to come back. That's pretty cool. I was like, how is he going to come back with, you know, he said goodbye to the hat and the, and the coat and stuff. We'll get to that in a second. Um I, but it was like, oh, all this kind of stuff turned up. Uh, and I wasn't really watching any content. I wasn't reading that much content because I was on vacation. Um, but I did hear that Triple H was was knighted. So he is completely in control of creative. Uh, and that was cool. I didn't expect it to happen. I'll be honest with you. I didn't expect it to happen that fast. It seems like what happened on Tuesday has fundamentally reset our perception of wrestling in twenty twenty three. The funny overnight, thing is literally overnight. Yeah, because the funny thing is that every other literally every other time uh over the past many years that we've heard, oh Vince McMahon's gone, oh Vince McMahon's not been creative of it. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, right. But this time, because it's 
because he's not the owner, not the boss anymore, because it's TKO and not yeah. WWE, this time you think, actually, yeah, maybe maybe he is actually gone. Yeah, and it seems like not only where he, like, I know that and it leads into the Tony Khan's thing and apparently like, he's been told his phone is to be taken away from him, which is a bit harsh, just to leave the Twitter <laughs> app. I mean, you know what this is? I call well, what, this... What, what, what about the tweets? What do you think? Well, look, I, I, I'm gonna all I'm all I'm gonna say about this is the same thing I say about J.K. Rowling, right? I, 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 I <laughs> oh my god, I hold on. I personally I hate Harry Potter. I personally hate Harry Potter. Uh, I vehemently, I, I really do not like that brand. Never have, right? Yep. Um, like ever, my whole life, I passionately hate it. Um, but I was like, okay, whatever. You know, it's it's an it, it's annoying, but I'll deal with it. And then this woman just couldn't stop tweeting. It was like, listen, love, go spend your money, put the phone down. That's all you have to do. That's all you have to do. You don't, you don't need to do anything else. Just put the phone away. That's all you got to do. All right. Well, she as never, a, as she avid Black Books and Father Ted fan, I, yeah, I have a similar same thing. No, story great. about Gremlin. <laughs> exactly. Same thing. This is exactly the same thing, right? And this is a lesson that neither one of those have learned. They just keep doubling down. <laughs> I think Tony Tony Khan now is, is kind of going down that same boat where it's just like, oh, we got to keep tweeting. It's like, no, buddy, listen, you're, you're not helping yourself. <laughs> you got to just put the phone away. You know, and it, it's, again, it goes back to what we said. It, this is why we set this up, folks. We are professionals of what we do, which professionally suck. Uh, but, you know, it's like... <laughs> I know. mean... It- really depends what you're sucking that can be a good or a bad thing oh that's fair that's fair but uh no like we were you know we wanted to kind of give context on this which is like you know i fundamentally believe that no matter how good your point is you will not be able to express it over such a short space of time now jk Rowling again and and graham Lillen, like they're saying a lot of worse things than honey Khan's saying right but at the same time you can see how this is just it's not helping anyone's reputation to just double down on that and his tweets they were kind of funny but it's like you're the head of the second largest wrestling promotion since wcw but here's and so, this is what you're doing you so know this it's just, is this is my take on it like i completely agree with the jk Rowling and graham Linehan stuff in fact i 100 agree with it i hate harry potter i couldn't care less about jk Rowling, but even i was going just Relax. Yeah, uh, just just spend your money. And I love and put the phone. Down. That's all. I love Graham Linehan. I was like, you've written three of the greatest comedies in history. True. Just retire in glory. <laughs> like, yeah. Just be the most. He could just be the most beloved, uh, like one of the most beloved Irish men ever, by just shutting the fuck up. That's it. That's all you got to do. And it's just like I but, don't understand. You know. Where I think it's different with Tony, with these tweets, is I think, to me, this is like cheeky banter. This is like having a yeah. bit of a crap. Like, because they lost the Tuesday Night War. Like, lost yeah. it significantly. It was 900,000, 600,000, something yeah, like that. They, they, they got smashed. To yeah. yeah. So, like, I think the fact that he was going out there and doing that was like, that was hilarious. So it was like a cheeky wee dig, blah, blah, blah. You know, like whenever you've lost something like just beyond like even argument, and then you go out and you make a crack about it. I thought this is great. And I thought it just 
completely uh, brings to bear the absolute softness of WWE fans on Twitter, and not in general, because at all times we have to remember that Twitter is a very small percentage of the population. But the absolute softness on them, that they would see this, like, gag and just lose their fucking minds over it. Like, absolutely, like, didn't even stop to consider that it was a joke. Just lost their shit. And, uh, I don't know, I think... I think it kind of loses some of the... Like, if we can't even have, like, sort of friendly rivalry, like, you know, like Armand, Tyrone taking jabs at each other, but we don't actually hate Tyrone. Like, <laughs> Tyrone's only over the road. It's a lovely place. <laughs> it's yeah. a lovely place. Like, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. But it's it's just Twitter polarizes everything, tribalizes everything to the point where, yes, lots of people on it are horrible, but also, even if someone's just, like... <laughs> having the crack. I think Tony must be a certain percentage of Irish because he loves to have the crack. Um, From what I hear, is a bit, you know, it, it was a, <laughs> it was a different substance that he's a big fan of. I've heard that. He, he didn't really strike me as a, you know, did he strike I, you as practically coked out of it? I, I lived in it, Canada it may- for a year. I've had my, my fair share of cocaine. It doesn't... Uh, it makes a lot more sense. I'll be honest with you. Mm, you know, maybe, maybe as a billionaire, maybe the quality of cocaine he has access to is better <laughs> than the quality of cocaine I had access to. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I we're don't definitely know. off the radio, aren't we? Well, yeah, we're. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I think James is going to listen to this. And he's going to be like, "Oh my god, <laughs> I need to have words." Um, but uh, I think yes, Twitter just in general is bad, but. The, the, the Tuesday Night War. Uh, did yes. you watch both shows or what are you? I, I saw neither because, as I said, I only flew back yesterday. And, you know, the Internet isn't incredible in Paris in general. It's not really that great in Disneyland, which is weird. Um, I don't really know why. I mean, it's it's OK. I think it's just like whatever way I have I have nerdy opinions on that, which we're not going to get into. But I do ah, think it's I, listeners, I just, listeners weep. Weep for Dara. Couldn't watch the wrestling because he was off in, in France, on Paris. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Going to so, Disneyland and uh, yeah. So, so, so this is so this is why I wasn't. And the, and the internet wasn't great, so it was. <laughs> weep, weep for Dara. <laughs> well, I couldn't watch it, could I? It just wasn't. It wasn't working. There was no no and physical the way. Room service left so much to be desired. <laughs> the caviar was. <laughs> was not the great. French Euros just don't feel the same as the Irish Euros. <laughs> you couldn't but, get a decent spud in all of Paris. Can't actually. The food is pretty bad. I'm not gonna lie. In in Paris, some yeah, it's, it's not. It's it's weird. Like if people, the weird thing about food, right? In in France, people think, oh, the food's great. It's not. You're thinking of Italy. Ah. All the good stuff you think about, and this is no shade to France. I love France. It's actually really nice. I I go there a lot, but. Um, all the all the really good stuff that people think is in France, it's not. It's in Italy, and that wasn't said to me. That was said to my friend who was uh, who was in Italy, and I was like, "Oh man, that's actually very very is, true." So, is France not like you don't really think of France for like main courses or whatever? But is France not the place you go for desserts for like a boulangerie or? 
I mean, you can do, but I'm not really like into desserts that much. So, I mean, like the food's not bad. It's just like it's not, you know, you can go to Italy and and, and really get some great food. But uh, yeah, um, that was why I haven't. I didn't watch any wrestling because I barely got to use the internet. But as I said, when I pulled my phone out, I had a look at what was there. I had a, a Twitter actually did come in handy to be able to to kind of skim through both, and one was substantially better than the other. <laughs> Dare I ask which one? Dude, the Undertaker came out. <laughs> so I think this is where we get the fundamental difference between wrestling fans, like fans of the industry. I was sports whole. entertained, okay? Oh, God, I hate that phrase so much. <laughs> Dave, I love you. I'm really sorry. Don't take that personally. But every time you say that, I want to climb into my laptop and slap you. No, that's fair. That's fair. But I, I mean, I was, I was, you know, I like. You're right. The from what I saw in the AEW stuff, it was, it was very much what you'd it's, expect. The strong, it's incredible, strong, strong. pay per view level matches, like genuinely brilliant stuff, and like they got slaughtered because like John Cena came out. <laughs> Hey guys, John Cena, here's my cum towel, and uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think NXT is the best place. Can't believe I've never been here before. Uh, I'm going to fuck off now, and The Undertaker's going to come out and ride his trike around. Jesus Christ. Come on, man. It was cool. It, Not John honestly- Cena. You know, you know what was weird, right? The, the fact that it was in NXT, and you're like, it was it look the whole presentation of it was just kind of bizarre. The matches weren't great because obviously it's you know it's the unfellas and young ones doing what they're it's doing. It's not their fucking women's champion is Becky Lynch. Yeah, but it, you no, can't, you can't use the developmental excuse anymore when your women's champion is Becky Lynch. When you have John Cena and. Uh, the Undertaker showing up when the previous women's champion before Becky Lynch was Charlotte Flair. When no. before that, the champion was Finn Balor. Like the, no, the, okay. So so the point I, the point that was the point I was gonna make. Sorry, yeah, I went off there. No, no, it's okay. No, you're not wrong. You're actually hundred percent right. But <laughs> you, you, again, you preempted what I was gonna set you up for. The point I'm I was so, gonna. I'm so, so bad at this podcast, though. No, 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 you're just ahead. You're just ahead. Um, it's like the Joker. I'm just ahead of the curve. Ahead of the curve. And the point I was going to make was, or set you up for really, was that it, it, it's full of these developmental talents, right? But they realized nobody actually wants to watch that. And if it's going to be competitive, it needs to have some sort of injection. So it seems like their way is right. We can't use... Because here's the thing. What Triple H probably wants to do is AEW. He can't. Because AEW is there, right? So he has to find some way to fuse this together and bring in the normal people. The people who didn't watch AEW, didn't watch uh, NXT, and probably aren't watching AEW. That's who this is for. And how do you bring those in? You bring Becky Lynch in. You bring The Undertaker in. Which is very extreme. Uh, you bring John Cena in just to get people aware of it. Now, here's the thing. Uh, the real question is, am I going to watch NXT next week? No, probably not. I'm not going to watch any real product next week. Probably watch it the week after. You know, it, it, it takes something really interesting for me to watch it. 
Will I watch AEW next week? No. Will I watch it if it's good, though? Absolutely. Will I watch it if you recommend that's good? Oh, I always do. But, like, neither one of these products are hooking me in. But what I am getting from this is, for the first time in a very long time, is that we're probably on the, the precipice of that changing. And that's what I got from both of these. Because it's like both of these shows are like, oh, okay, you're both trying now at your, like, your top. Even, like, again, AW going out and putting on a great show doesn't, doesn't surprise me. They always put on a great show. NXT going out and, and really putting it to them, that's a different ballgame. And that's the world right now. And that's what I wanted to kind of get across with you. Does that make sense? Yeah. like. Or am I off base? Because I don't no, really no, no, know. No, no, no. You, it's actually surprising here because I, I kind of agree with you. Um, the point of AEW was to be an alternative. And I think we just have to accept that that alternative is like it's incredible for fans like me that is what we want yeah and there is a super hardcore base out of there that will keep aw alive i think forever right yeah probably yeah i'd agree i agree with that yeah but it is not the majority no it, it's not no it, it simply isn't but and it can't be but it, it can, can be. be it can be so incredibly frustrating to be a wrestling fan and on the one hand you have like Cody Rhodes coming out to make an announcement that we all knew it was on NXT so it wasn't going to be an actual announcement mm. but the fact is and you just have to accept it the fact is that that garners more interest than something like Brian Danielson versus Zack Sabre Jr like one of the best wrestling matches I've ever seen. Like, ever. Mm. Like, an actual work of art. I, I, honest to God, I've watched it three times now. And every time I watch it, I still find more little things in it that were just stunning. Um, but I also have to accept that the fact is that there is a bigger audience for sports entertainment and i mean i think but the thing about it is sports entertainment doesn't need to be bad i think what's happened here is like with wwe for a very long time it was objectively bad you know like really bad like unwatchable bad i think now that triple h is there again what he wants to do because we've seen it was literally a was literally what AEW is AEW took all, all the stuff that fans wanted. And again, this was confirmed to me at All In. And the whole weekend. Anyone I talked to, I asked them the same question. And it was that what they always wanted is what AEW is. And that, that makes sense. You know, it, it's a, it, it is, like, as you said, a work of art. When it's good, it's incredible. It's more than often good. Like, they do some stupid things. They do some things that trigger my TNA PTSD. But that's like... The out the outliers. When it's just in the ring, it's phenomenal. I mean, look, when Punk was there, he had probably the run of his career. Genuinely. Um, and anyone who goes there can have a Christian Cage just having people are finally knowing who he is because of his, his work there. But at the same time, if you ask somebody, well, who would they rather see? What what show would they rather go to? Like your average person who doesn't really who still calls WWE WWF? Who still calls no, not even worse. Who still calls wrestling 
WWE. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Or WWF even. They probably wouldn't even use WWE. Who would they rather see? What show would they rather go to? It's always going to be a show like we saw on Tuesday. But yeah. it's a credit. It, it is a credit to AEW that in order to be them, they had to pull out these. Had to pull out these Undertaker. Cena and Undertaker. You know, I mean, and Cody's really, special announcement. Yeah, I mean, when you, you think when that you was a jab it, at Tony Khan's special announcements? Maybe, maybe, but <laughs> I, I don't think there, I don't think there was that much thought put into it. I just think genuinely, what this probably was is this was like a combination of we need to prove. That Vince is actually gone. We need to prove that that things are going to be different now, and uh, you know maybe look we are going to like properly just wipe these guys out. So it could be a combination of those things, but either way, sorry, go on. I'll, I'll finish that thought in a second. Go on. No, 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 no. Go because you were saying either way. So I think that's a that's a that's a cliffhanger. I need to. <laughs> no, I was going to say I was going to say either way. I mean, I think as a wrestling fan, even someone like me who is like relatively lapsed. Um, I I think I I'm actually like buzzed to watch both now to really kind of see right they're actually going for it and WWE isn't just going to sit back because Triple H can do what he wants to do and no one's going to stop him doing it. So that's really cool for me. And then AEW has to respond and up their game. And what does that look like? And that's very interesting as well. So it's 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 interesting that you use the phrase up their game because I think. Uh, and like I'm saying this as a diehard AEW fan I think one of the ways AEW needs to up their game is to kind of downgrade yeah so having 3,000 people in a 15,000 seater arena just isn't doing it anymore no like if if that's what the baseline is and I like I said it frustrates me that that's what the baseline is because the product is so good but it's just a fact that they go around all these different markets. Now, part of the problem is that they've gone around the same markets in the US and they haven't really branched out. Like places like uh, Texas and the West Coast of the US were like crying out for AW, AW shows when it was really hot. And now that it's not as hot, they're, they don't really turn out for them. I think. What Tony Khan needs to do is, like, the 15,000-seat arenas, you know, you can gimmick them. You can change the angles and all so it looks a certain way, but it loses the atmosphere. Because AEW fans are really passionate. So so bring it down. Bring it down to the 5,000-seater arenas, even if it's smaller, even if it's not as impressive. Get them in there. Get them packed. and Get that atmosphere. Get those, even if it's only 5,000 of them. Get those five thousand fans roaring because they're but, but the, roaring. But, here, but here's the thing, right? It, like, I think they went too big very early on. Yeah. Like the Wembley stuff was amazing, and every time they come over to the UK, that's going to happen. I yeah. mean, because it's always going to happen. Like, e- even if they if they put two lads out there, you know, playing checkers, that would happen. You know, once they called it wrestling, Kenny Omega and Daniel Bryan playing checkers. 80,000 people would set out Wembley, right? Oh, definitely. It's just what would happen. It's just, I, I think, honest to God, I think they need to do a dynamite collision European tour. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it, and it would set out because... Go, we're from, da- go from bloody Dublin yeah. right across yeah. right across Europe. I think they'd sell out every one of them. 
Oh no, I a hundred percent genuinely think you're right. And the reason for that is because like we are so starved for it and because you know it it does have that reputation. But week to week, they don't need to run arenas. You know, I mean it looks no. pretty bad. It lo- it looks pretty bad when it's half empty, right? It, it really does. And it's becoming a problem. But think about it, right? WCW didn't do that. No. They didn't do it. Right? They they would do it sometimes. But they would they would tape they would tape in, in uh, MGM. And that's where they they'd run they'd run shows, you know, where crowds were there. They would they would they would follow these big events and use them to get their crowd over and over again. It was yeah, good and bad, but it, there were full houses. Like we watched the last WCW show ever, and it was a full house. Th- think back to old NXT, like, like yeah, really good black exactly. and gold NXT. There was only exactly. a couple of hundred people in that building. That's all you need. But when that's you think need, back. Yeah. You don't remember it as that. No. You just remember that the couple of hundred people that were there were rabid. Yeah. And the thing is, that, so one of AEW's biggest problems or biggest production problems has always been that they've never really figured out how to mic the crowd. Mm. So they'd have like a massive crowd and people in the audience would be tweeting going, oh my God, it's fucking deafening here. It's unbelievable mm. here. But that wouldn't be coming across on TV. But you Here's can do what, that so much easier in a smaller arena. Here's what you do, right? Here, well, here's what I would do, right, if I was doing that. I would buy a space that they have or rent a space that is just AEW's home base, right? That's where they tape maximum <sighs> 2,000... No, no. Okay. Maximum 2,000, 3,000 people. Make it AEW's space. Or even a few of them. Rent it a few of them, like proper territories, right? Where you're going to have your your rabid fan base every week, move back and forward if you need to, or have them there. You'll save just have tons of money, and it will be a destination for people to go into. Right? You can even have ROH somewhere beside it, and then you for, and then for the you know you you scale back on the pay per views. So you were saying if Ghost has pay per views, a nightmare, right? Scale it back to four, but make them big. You know, have your big one in Chicago, have one have your, your one in London, have your one somewhere else. Make those your big hundred thousand seers, you know, whatever. Make them events, but at the same time, you're dragging people you have your core fan base there that's always gonna be there. And then you make those tickets worth some serious money. Because here's what I'm saying, right? I remember when Real Gold NXT was doing their first tour over in in the UK and tickets were 1,500 euro, 1,500 euro for cheap seats in England. Jesus. For context, tickets for Raw, 25 pounds. Tickets for All In, 35, 40 pounds. For the, for the nose. For my, boots, yeah. for my one, yeah. Um, yeah. Like, that, that shows you that NXT, when it was in the performance center, was able to curate that. So it can be done. And that's what I, I would do. I think on that's actually one, that's one thing that AEW did. The, the, because they were so hot for that initial period, they slightly overvalued yeah. their tickets. And then they, yeah. they started. So they started doing this thing where they were really like overcharging people for tickets. And people were buying them, but then people weren't buying them. And then people copped on that if they put out a load of tickets at mad prices and nobody buys them. They dropped them. They dropped them. So yeah. 
what you have is then you have these arenas where it's a week before the event and they've only sold 900 tickets because everybody is waiting for for the tickets to drop on the last day and then they'll buy them and that's a bad it's a bad precedent set but what and like look we're talking about capitalism here so it's it's never going to work this way but what the sensible thing to do is is to fairly price your tickets and keep them at that price and then see, people know that whenever the tickets come out you got to get your tickets but see here's the thing it it's i think that's counterproductive and again learning from lessons i think using nxt good nxt uh, and are using even wcw as your because i mean they rip everything off from wcw i don't know why they won't do this um you know having your core base where you know you that's where you go you know you're going you're they should make somewhere you know when you're boarding that plane when you're going it's like oh you're going to go see aw they need to make it a brand that people associate with an area and then move around right now they're trying to compete with wwe at wwe's level and that's never going to work because they don't have the they just don't have the the reach man you know no one has that reach it's not even that they don't have i mean they don't have it but it's not even that they don't have it the whole thing is like their initial success was we are an alternative yeah we're not a competitor we're not trying to beat wwe we're not trying to take over wwe but now they are we are something different but now they are. That's what I'm saying to you. Like one of the big things that one of the reasons why I loved uh, TNA so much was when you were watching TNA or when you'd go to a show, you see the six sided ring and you're like, okay, this is different. This is very different. It's it's not WDB. It, it it can't be. And even when you're watching NXT initially back in 2015, 2016, you're like, okay, this is this isn't WWE. You know? Yeah. Uh, and. The, the mistake that AEW made or are making, and they might be course corrected now, I really hope they do, um, is I, like... I know. think that for me, um, they really thought when they had Punk, I think, right. I think what happened was they got Punk and they thought, holy shit, we have a fucking chance here to actually yeah. overtake these bastards. Right. That's probably and what happened. Obviously yeah. it didn't work out. Now, I think long run... The loss of Punk will work out really well for them because, <clears throat> like, he was fired on. What was he fired on a Wednesday? Like, he was supposed to be on Dynamite, and mm. Tan came out and made a an announcement that Punk was fired. Yeah, yeah. And then that Saturday, they had all out like a blood, like a like a, one of their biggest pay per views, mm. and it felt. Like old school WWAW, it it felt like pre-punk AEW. Like, not that they were trying to be like a massive fifty thousand seat arena. That they had ten thousand people there, and they were rabid fans, and they were going to put on a wrestling show for them. And Wrestle Dream felt the same. And I so I think, like, not to lay all the blame on like AEW's issues beyond punk. But I think just in the same way that Brawl Out was a kind of a negative turning point for them, I think uh, moving on from Punk is going to be a positive turning point for them. I agree. I agree. And I think, the, the, you know, it's an interesting time now with the, Monday, with the Tuesday Night Wars to be 
to be a thing because it looks like uh, I read a report there that Raw might be moving to to, to, to Tuesday. And that's kind of what NXT felt like. It's like this, okay, this is a test for something else because, you know, look, I think the days of NXT being seen as anything other than what it is are kind of gone. Um, it, it is kind of, like, it looked really cool. So uh, what's, what, what's the implication there that if Raw moved to Tuesday, NXT would move to Wednesday? Potentially, yeah. That's what it looks like. Do, do you know what? See, if I was AEW, I wouldn't even, like, uh, I wouldn't even... Because this was WCW's problem. Like when you look back at the Monday Night Wars, WCW and WWF were both doing insanely well. Didn't matter who won. Like mm. oh, WWF got four million viewers. We only got three point two million. Like what wrestling company nowadays wouldn't slit your throat for literally point two million? Yeah, viewers? no, no. The thing about it is, it's if, like if they, they, they lost had, sight of it. Yeah, yeah. If they had just calmed themselves and one of them moved to Tuesday, like, so, honest to God, I think if, if WWE does some stuff where they move Raw to a Wednesday or they move it to a Tuesday and they make NXT go to Wednesday, I think Dynamite just goes, yeah, that's fine. Now we're Monday Night Dynamite. But the, thing, but the thing about it is, I think, you know, moving to Tuesday makes more sense because Monday Night Football does a lot of damage to wrestling. Like American yeah. football. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, but then, cause, cause like, but there's when, been, so Dave Meltzer laid out a thing about this, that there's, there's no, there's no night of the week. There's, there's basketball, there's hockey, there's, like, there's, there's UFC is obviously a big thing. Like, mm. there's no night of the week that's just wrestling. No, that's true. But, I mean, there's the one side of the thing where it's like, um, oh, Monday night is wrestling night, which I mean it is. It would be weird to see Tuesday night. Well, we've seen Tuesday night Raw on the show where it, could, it did actually confuse us by our timeline because we're like, what, <laughs> what is going on? So, you know, that's case in point. But I think this start this is starting to this is starting to really set a precedent now or a taste of things to come. And I'm, I'm, I genuinely, I'm like, okay, for the first time in years, man, I'm like, you know, when Punk was in AEW, I was starting to get there at all in. I was like, okay, this is incredible. Um, I'm actually starting to get like the love of pro, of modern pro wrestling again. And it's because it's like, okay, it feels like there's something happening here. Not just because my favorite wrestler is literally running WWE, um, <laughs> creative. Like, I mean, it, it, I mean, that's part of it. But also, it's just like, okay, we can, we, we might actually see something very unique here from both sides uh tuesday really was a start and next week that's kind of where i'm i'm already focused on i'm like right well what does this actually mean how how is this going to to to, to, to go into survivor series and it, it's funny because like i hate survivor series i think it's a stupid show but war games coming in what made me interested again and now triple h running it's like okay so that's are they the doing as well like so Obviously, I don't watch like weekly WWE. What's the crack then? Are they are they doing like traditional teams again? Are they getting no, the red shirt, blue shirt? No, they're, they're doing war games. Yeah, but are they doing war games, red shirt, blue shirt? Or are they doing it like? I apparently, make- apparently, it's going to be like storyline driven. So that's what I'm saying to you. Like it's it's still quite far out to. Like, you know, it's, it's so odd that. Survivor Series, even when I was a young fella, 
and like WWF were only doing the four or five pay-per-views. Yeah. Survivor Series is always my least favorite as well. Uh, yeah, it's just it. Uh, it's because, just so unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah, and I didn't like the multi-man matches, but it's 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 actually kind of funny now that it would actually be a great AW pay-per-view because mm. they do multi-man matches so well. Yeah. Oh, that's like, true. Like they do incredible versions. Like the WWE template for multi-man matches is, oh, it's chaos, but then everyone falls out of the ring and it's only two people, whereas. Mm. AW seems to do this really I don't I don't know how they do it because I know when I was wrestling like a, a 10 minute one on one match took all my cognitive ability to keep in my head they do mm. these really intricate you know uh, moves and uh, displacements and sequences between different people and like I don't know how you keep that in your head but um, yeah it strikes me as something that would suit AEW more than WWE. No, absolutely. Uh, it you know, and I that might even happen. You know, it's just it seems like we've been sitting on this thing for years. I don't know what this thing is. It's it's just like this holding pattern that WWE was in. Even going back, or just kind of just trying to make being being the status quo. You know, I think it kind of happened when WCW was bought for the next couple of years. It was just kind of like okay, we don't. We're going to do our own thing. This is it. And this is what it is. It's, it's for want of a better word, and I will finish this thought, the, the Vince McMahonization of WWE felt like it was starting last week. And what oh, I mean... Oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. And by, by, by that, I mean, like, the Attitude Era was not because of Vince McMahon, creatively. I mean, he was the most successful character ever, the biggest heel ever. You know, he was a big part of it. He, he was kind As, of he was kind of forced into it. He was forced into it. Yeah, exactly. Because his biggest stars left, and he had exactly, the... exactly. And and I think now WWE Triple H is like, oh, thank God. Okay, I can actually just I can actually just do this because Vince WWE would make money in spite of Vince McMahon. Now it's going to make money because it's just going to do what it should do. You know, AEW again exists. As an alternative, a very, very good alternative, a phenomenal alternative, because it doesn't cater to those fans. That if WWE had done that, they could have had that as its own brand, and there would have been no AW at all. But I think we're, I think we're getting the best of both worlds here. We're having our cake and eating it too, because we're getting the best. We're getting WWE as what it always should have been. I mean, hopeful again, because I mean, Triple H, my favorite wrestler, is literally running it. Yeah. And at your hand, you think Punk showing up in a week? Well, I mean, come on. <laughs> But also we have AEW who's like, oh man, okay, we're going to go, we're going to keep this going. This is the ethos of our company. We're going to kick ass on this too. And it's it's a phenomenal time to be a wrestling fan. It really is. Like, it really is. Yeah, it sounds like you're being really sappy and daft saying it. But look, the thing is, you can and you should like both. Like, yeah. WWE I mean, succeeding shouldn't be a bad thing because oh my god like how long was wrestling maligned for and the 17 years the piss uh, taken out of it by the mainstream literally 21 years literally 21 years like it was joke like you had no. to almost the fact that you were a wrestling fan you kind of had to keep it a secret you know so so i'm going to tell a story um i remember first time met gary former co-host of of the international desk which was the show before it was a show and we <laughs> were working I know, I know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Gary. I'm sure you're lovely. But we were 
we were working in the cinema and I said, hey, I need to leave early to one of the bosses. Uh, and he's like, why? What's on tonight? I'm like, oh, WrestleMania's on. You know, and he's like, oh my God. Yeah. And then obviously we became really good friends and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, did a podcast. But even then, you know, anyone who's a wrestling fan, you kind of had to, as you said, keep it a secret. It was a, it was a source of great shame <laughs> to be a wrestling fan as an adult. And now it's not. Now it's much more socially acceptable because it's like, it's, you know, and here's the cool thing, right? I remember, I remember when wrestling was the pop culture, the real test and what I think could happen here, man. And think, you know, call me crazy, but if they do hit that magic point, that cultural relevance, AW will do it after WWE, but if WWE can do it, they both will. They could become the pop culture again. But yeah. we'll have to see. And it's the first I mean, time that's these, actually possible. These things are cyclical. They are, yeah. You know? They really are, yeah. Like, like AW for its first three years was insanely hot. Like, it was literally only two years ago that we were saying, oh my God, AEW's going to overtake Raw. And in fact, for two weeks, it actually did overtake Raw. Well, look, I'll put it this and way. And now my... the, the notion of that is just daft. Well, no, Mark Twain said that history doesn't repeat or rhymes. Oh, and, that's a good one. And this, this feels like that. You know, I, you know, AEW could take over Raw, but it will be after some substantial change. And it won't be because Raw is bad, because WWE will always exist as a standard. It will be because, in my opinion, based on how this stuff kind of goes, it will be because both products are so hot, one someone discovers the other and it's just they like that story more and that's what it could be but man look i'm gonna leave it there for this week i think we've done a two-hour podcast we didn't get to in your house six it's not good did we will we will talk about it next week we're, we're gonna yeah? do in we're gonna do in your house next week right but before we go um did you have any thoughts just because we get it out of the way because it'll be no right, point next week do you have any thoughts on either wrestle dream or fast lane Okay, I'll, I'll be very consistent with Wrestle Dream. All right, Wrestle Dream, like we when we talked about uh, Adam Copeland, but that that's that's either here or there. As 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 a card, it's literally what it says it is. It's a dream card. It's a love letter to um, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and I think it's so unique and so sincere. That it's worth watching, even if you're not a fan of AEW. Fastlane, don't bother. There's nothing really to see. Um, it was okay, but Wrestle Dream definitely is the more superior show. Yeah, Fastlane was a very typical bog standard C level pay per view that they were obviously just. It's one of those things because they've gone monthly now, which is why I don't want AEW to go monthly. Yeah. Um, that is just something, an obligation they had to fulfill and overcome. Uh, and they filled the time, they filled the three hours, but nothing about it was, you know, was good or inspiring or even all that entertaining. Like, I think when you have those long, bloody, um, waffly promo segments in the middle of a pay-per-view, just doesn't mm. really work. No, uh, I agree. Wrestle Dream, yeah, you're right. An absolute dream. I mean, like, the whole pay-per-view is genuinely worth watching. Like, 
for different reasons. So like the MJF match is like a really fun crowd pleaser. It's not like a hard hitting wrestling match. It's a really fun crowd pleaser. Um, but then you get up to the stuff like, uh, oh my God, Swerve Strickland and Hangman Page. Unbelievable. Brian Danielson, Zack Sabre Jr. Unbelievable. Christian Cage, Darby Allen. No right to be that good. Just, I'll be honest with you. That like that. I want to say something that's gonna gonna hurt you, but I don't mean it. To. <laughs> go for it. When I saw that was the main event, I was like, "Oh, this is gonna yeah. be this is gonna be dog shit." Not because Christian Cage was there, but because Darby Allen was there, uh, and I just like him more and more every time I watch a match <laughs> with him. But holy hell! When you watched match. it, when I watched it. What a match. Unbelievable. Phenomenal match. And this is like... And it deserved to be It deserved to be a main event. It really absolutely. did. So and I was wrong. Is, I was completely wrong. You were wrong, but you were also right because this is completely vindicating your view on Christian Cage. He has taken that TNT title that was dead and he has made it important again. Mm, that's very true. Like, legitimately, it's one of the top titles. Like, MJF is the world title, and he's probably going to have it for a while because they have to do his Ring of Honor story and they have to do his uh, Adam... Um, oh, there's so many goddamn Adams in AEW now. So many Adam, Adams. Adam, uh, Adam Cole. They have to do his Adam Cole story. Bebe. Uh, Bebe. That's, that's actually <laughs> I remembered it. And they have to do, you know, the story he has with... Um, you know your man Adam. Uh, they have his uh, issues with um, Switchblade, uh, Jay White, and yes. like so. There's so much stuff going on with MJF. That he's probably going to be the world champion for a while. Man, they have taken that TNT title, and Christian Cage has made it incredible. He is just, he is just, a, you know, Christian Cage. One of the greatest of all time, really is. And I mean, I the the true the true greatest. If if AW exists for nothing else, it's that people know that Christian Cage is what he always should have been. So, man, you don't have to sell this me a Christian is... Cage. I've been selling it for years. <laughs> <laughs> man, but uh, but in terms of this pay per view, Wrestle Dream is yes. This is like when you think of what it takes to get a five star match. This is a pay per view with three five star matches on it. Like that's insane. Oh yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal. Uh, three five star matches, and then a couple of four and four and a half star matches, and then like there's maybe two matches on it that weren't like sensational. Like it's it's mental. But even then, it's just um, it's just one of those shows where you're like, it's uniquely its own thing. It's uniquely AEW, but also I think they're the shows that you would get that are for wrestling fans and would have a wider appeal as well. Because Zack Sabre Jr., I mean, anytime you see him wrestle, it's always, it feels like a big match. Oh, man. And, and against Brian Danielson, like it was just. Oh, man. Not only was he in safe hands, but he was in safe, safe hands to have a phenomenal match. Safe hands. Did. And they had a safe. Uh... I don't know, 
I was going to say a pair of ears, but it's not. Because <laughs> of the headphones, but the yeah. safe pair of ears calling the match and John Moxley just oh, kept screaming, well, this is fucking awesome. Well, he got fined a bunch, <laughs> but I'm not going to lie and say I didn't enjoy it because it was fucking hilarious. So, <laughs> just, you know, because one thing, one thing that Wrestle Dream showed is that the biggest uh, Daniel Bryan fan in the world it's John Moxley. It's John Moxley. <laughs> it genuinely is. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, this is this is actually wonderful. So, I mean, look, if that was gimmicked, if it wasn't gimmicked, I don't think it was. I think it was just him really, I, really enjoying the match. I think he was just out there. Because there was actually, even the bloody pre-show, like I won't go through the whole pre-show, but there was a match in the pre-show between Claudio Castagnoli and Josh Barnett. Yeah. And what I really appreciated about this was... So obviously, we all know wrestling's work. One of the hardest things to work is a shoot. Yeah, you know, to make a shoot look. You work, or, you work yourself into a shoot, brother. <laughs> I hate when you when you work so hard and then you work and you work yourself into a shoot, brother. <laughs> no, so Josh Barnett's like this big uh, MMA guy, or not just MMA, but also like different martial arts and jujitsu and stuff. Uh, and he fought Claudio Castagnoli. But the style of match they had was MMA. And my God, it is so hard to make wrestling look like MMA because the minute someone even, like it's just a small thing, pulls a punch or, you know, just moves unnaturally or whatever, like it's lost and it doesn't look convincing. But these two guys beat the hell out of each other. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like, it's funny because, like, funny you mentioned that because it's why I never got into wrestling, like, doing wrestling because I physically cannot pull a punch or a kick. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it is. And, but it, and I actually have the opposite problem of you now because I learned wrestling before I learned any martial arts. And now I have to force myself to actually punch someone rather than. <laughs> You know, my my instinct is to like, you know, cut my hand and not make direct contact. But yeah, I mean, see, that's so that's so weird. That's so weird for me. <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah. a backwards thing, but it's like uh, it's like when uh, uh, Ronda Rousey and Tank Abbott and mm. Brock Lesnar and all those people came to wrestling, they did really well. But when people from wrestling go the other way, like CM Punk, they never do well. It's bizarre. It really is bizarre, you know. But uh, yeah, man. I mean, if you haven't seen Wrestle Dream, folks, and you've made it to the end of this podcast, which it, it, I I love these ones. These are like the Seinfeld podcast. It's a podcast about nothing. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, if you have like genuinely, it's worth your time. The other shows look as good as AEW's Tuesday show was, as good as NXT was on Tuesday. If you're stuck for one show to watch that we haven't covered, um, it's Wrestle Dream. Yeah. It really is, and it's it's not because it's like oh it's an Asian show. It's like no, it's because it was genuinely very good, and you'd do yourself a disservice if you didn't watch it. And and even like uh, and for a couple of weeks now, I've been railing against the idea of AW doing like monthly shows or anything, and I think they've really. Like before Wrestle Dream, I was like, all right, you've got five pay per views now and they're all amazing. Leave it at that. Don't do any more. 
and then this wrestle dream came along and it's it's actually brilliant yeah. but leave it at that don't, we'll leave. No, don't we'll, do anymore no no we'll leave it at that and again we, we've we've done two podcasts tonight folks if this is your first one checking us out thank you so much go over to Nerdthrone Media check out the the entire shows that we have there um, sometimes you do these extra podcasts um, we were supposed to cover in your house number six we will get to that the, that next week we might actually do six and seven together because six oh, is yeah yeah because six is so we, we can probably zip through it pretty quickly <laughs> yeah i mean it's very bare bones but we will get to it um and yeah i think we'll do six together uh, halloween is coming up i know christmas is coming up we'll get to that uh halloween's coming up I, i've i am going to make a list i'll probably put it up on social media first the links where you can find it it's going to be the top 10 spooky inspired weird tna matches and we're going to watch them it's going to be wonderful and martin you're going to understand the glory when TNA was terribly awesome. Go fuck yourself. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what we're going to do as well at one point? We're going to do Christian Cage TNA arc. I, I'm giddy. So giddy you can, with excitement. So you can see the instant classic with Tomko and it's going to be amazing. Because here's the thing, if Tomko was, you know, had it done heroin at home like, like a normal person, after after stealing that that Burger King, after robbing that Burger King, he'd probably be in AEW now. But no, well, he had to do it in the bathroom. And... Sometimes you fancy a Whopper and smack. <laughs> <laughs> but man, no, he would be in TNA there, and then we, we'd have all the lads, you know. But uh, is there anything you want to plug other than sometimes you need smack? No, I just um, like I say, we were away for a couple of weeks. Um, and whenever we don't do these shows, because they come part of our routine, yeah. you don't do them. You genuinely miss them. You miss having the crack with Dara, and you miss having the crack with the fans. Uh, you miss having, I don't know what it's like for other people out there, but just someone to talk to about wrestling whose eyes don't immediately glaze over. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, good to be back. Good to be here. I just want to say to all our fans out there, go fuck yourselves. <laughs> we'll see you next week folks again if you want to get ahead of us you can uh, in your house number 6 and number 7 that's the next show we'll talk to you here on the rest of the week bye guys thank you for listening to a nerd to know media production 